Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. On this episode of Focus, I'm flying solo. On this episode of Focus, I want to talk about revisiting analog. And look, recently I was invited to participate in an upcoming exhibition of analog, all things analog. So there'll be analog filmmaking, analog, and still photography, and all things. And, and I thought about it, and I thought, well... I do have a medium which I shot quite a lot, probably in the 80s and just before, well, probably 80s, 70s, 80s. I shot a lot of transparencies, a lot of slides. So I've got a huge collection of slides. And I thought, well, I could put together an exhibition using those slides. And that's what I'm doing. So I'm actually going to do an analog exhibition of slides. I'm going to do 120 images in the exhibition basically going to be having a projector set up with the slides loaded and I've just picked from a particular point uh, rather than just kind of go across and do a whole range of different you know slides from different things that I've photographed over the years so I'm just really I suppose using one thing that I photographed quite a lot over a period of six months and that was Expo 88 and in 1988 in Brisbane you know, they had a World Expo and it was a big thing for Brisbane because it was kind of, I suppose, well, up until that point, it was, I don't think, you know, people hadn't experienced anything like it where you had something that was going on for like six months and it just, you know, we had we had different things. I mean, I think in 82 we had the Commonwealth Games, which went for a couple of weeks, but to have an event like World Expo is fantastic because like I said, it gave people an opportunity to explore and see stuff different um, kind of I suppose see different cultures because each country that came along put their cultural spin on their pavilion and obviously had a lot of things around that you know that you could go there and learn about those different cultures and those different countries so and like I said it was a thing where people could go and visit over and over again it was not, you know not one of those things that people just went maybe once a lot of people went over and over because they even had a, a six-month pass, like a passport, where you get this pass where it just allows you to kind of go in over and over again through the whole expo. So you can just drop in for an hour, take a few photos and leave. Because if you're paying like to go in for a normal entry, like you felt that you really probably had to spend the whole day and, and the evening there to get value for money out of the admission price. But having a pass to go through, like I said, you could just basically drop in, take some photos and then leave and then come back another day and just kind of over the course of six months get to see everything that happened because there was things that happened uh, where it was actually held was at South Bank in Brisbane on the river. So the river was kind of aligned the the expo site which meant there was a lot of things happening on the river. There was, you know, there was ski shows and different things happening on a daily basis as well as like, you know, each night there was a nightly parade of costumed characters and different things roaming through the the parkland, which Expo was kind of built on and and running in. So it was, like I said, there was so much diversity, I suppose, in one place that you could go there with your camera and find something really interesting to photograph and basically, you know, come back the next day and find something else interesting to photograph. And you could do that over a period of of weeks and weeks or months, which I did. And like I said, so I thought 
this would be a an opportunity to, I suppose, show off some of those images that people, you know, a lot of people who have heard about Expo 88, um, younger people, like you know, before they were born. For older people, it's something that they have fond memory of. And I think it's really cool to look back and see some of the old, you know, the fashion. Like in 98, it's really amazing how dated things look, things that people thought were really cool and really, uh, really cool to wear and that type of stuff. When you look back on it now with our, you know, 2023 eyes, it really looks like it's um, they're quite dated. But it's, it's interesting because back in the time, that was that was all the go. So it was fantastic. So it kind of, I suppose, started me on the process of that. I had to then, as I th- you know, think about putting together this exhibition, thinking about the components that I need. So I needed a, you know, I've got a slide projector and I've had a slide projector for a long, long time because obviously having shot slides for so many years, you had to kind of, you know, have some way of actually displaying them and exhibiting them. And that slide projector has been in storage for such a really long time that I, on the weekend, I pulled it out and got it out of storage and it was uh, the packaging, it was in the original box still, but everything had just basically collapsed and fallen apart. It was like a polystyrene insert inside with the thing sat in, which is kind of melted and gone all tacky and gooey and made a bit of a mess. But pulled all that apart, cleaned it all up, finding that because it's been sitting for so long, it had a few issues. So a little bit of tinkering and, and whatnot actually got it kind of working again. And I thought, that's really cool. But I kind of thought, well, well if we're going to do this exhibition, just having one projector is okay, I suppose. But I thought I'd better look around and see maybe I can get my hands on a, another projector that just as a backup, and which I did. So I actually found it um, Facebook Marketplace, great place to look for different things, but found a projector that was close to home and basically purchased that. So now I have two projectors, one as a backup. And as it turns out, the, the second one I bought is actually a better projector because it's got a feature where it's got a timer feature where you can actually set it to timer and it will just advance through the slide. So... You know, I've got a carousel in there with 120 images. So basically, once I start it, it can just run through and just change itself, which is even better than because the other option was that, you know, people would have to stand there and if they want to look through it, they have to keep pressing the advance button to go to the next slide. This is going to be kind of automatic. So I thought that's that's really, that's going to be really cool. So, and it's the whole analog experience of like when you're sitting there watching the slide and the noises of the, you know, the changer, changing out the slide, turning the, the carousel, all the clunks and grinds and noises, it's so analog and it's so, I suppose, so much a part of that whole analog experience with, you know, analog photography, you know, the clunky sound of the shutters, the, the clunky sound of the winding the film on and all those different sounds that, you know, film cameras made. Again, because there's such analog pieces of equipment as well. So, and like I said, it really kind of, I suppose, sparked a bit of an interest. So, I mean, I started then having to go through boxes and boxes and boxes of slides to find a number of slides that I could use for the exhibition. So that was fun, like I said, going through and just going through some of the stuff that I haven't looked at for such a long time. It gave me a reason, I suppose, to to go through those boxes and and just try and get a bit of an idea of you know what slides I might put into the into the exhibition and like I said it was great because what I did is then I um, 
even though some of those slides I'd previously had digitized because, but I went through and I sort of digitized all the slides that I'm going to use in the exhibition as well. So I've got a, a digital record. So scan them all through a slide scanner, which is a, you know, it's a laborious process because typically you would have put them in the, in the scanner and you've got to just kind of give the slides a bit of a dust off to get any specks of dust off of them and then scan them through and then upload them to your computer. So again, it's such a, again, it's, it's such a, I suppose that thing about it, analog, analog was a, you know, it was a time consuming, it was a thing that you had to do stuff. So it kind of slowed the process down because, you know, like even the act of taking a photo with, you know, slide film. So you put the, you know, you had to purchase the roll of film, which is unique to that. It's a one-off thing that it's only going to be used for that one event. So it's not like an SD card where basically you can take your digital camera out with your SD card and you can go out and take multiple shots and then come back and download the images and wipe the card clean and go back the next day and shoot again on that same card. Film is such a different medium because film is is a one-shot thing. It's basically once you expose that piece of film, that's it. It's done. It's dusted. Next time you want to go and make an, you know, an image, you need to start with a new piece of film, and which is, again, all a part of that analog experience of you know getting the film putting in the camera and even loading it like that's just a it's a, it's a process like of just getting the because again you, it's one of those things that take for granted if you pull up an sd card and you just take it out the packaging and you just push it into the camera slot and format it which is a good idea always to format in the camera and then you're ready to go but with um you know say loading the camera say with film you know you, you basically open up the packaging you get the roll of film out you open the back of the camera you put the canister in and you pull some film out and you engage it into the the feed mechanism that feeds it through and you make sure the little cogs are lining up okay so it's not going to, you know, when you shut the lid, it's not going to kind of crush down on the film in the wrong spot. You want the film to be kind of sitting flat with the little cogs that drag it through in the right position. So you do all that and you that's a process and you then you get the back of the camera closed and you wind it on until, you know, you see frame number one comes up on the frame counter and then you're kind of ready to go off with your camera and start shooting and again like I said but that's a that's a real process and again I think it's actually it's really cool to revisit this stuff sometimes just to think about how it changes the way that you see photography and the way that you maybe make images because it's just not that spray and pray technique you can do with digital it's really something that you really have to think about Every time you point the camera at something, is this something that's going to be worth committing to film? Is it something that I really want to capture? Again, it's a total different mindset. It's a total different process. And again, I kind of really enjoy just kind of going back, reliving, going for all those you know, boxes of slides, you know, playing with the projector and getting that all set up. And again, it's kind of like, again, it's just something I think if you haven't played with analog photography, if you're curious about what you know transparencies and slides are about again these are things that you can look at kind of i suppose investigating and just trying something a little bit different with your photography and i the thing i think i I loved about shooting um, transparencies is that you know when you nailed the shot and you got a really vibrant shot once you projected that on to a screen it was just something much more powerful than a photograph because 
A, it was huge. You could project it at really large size. And it was like the colors just popped. Like, you know, everything just was magical, which was difficult to get, I suppose, in a print. Yeah, you could take pictures of something that was really colorful and get popping colors on a print. But I think the transparencies of the slide film just gave you another, just, just added another dimension to to an image, like, again, or a different scene. And I, sometimes I just like looking at some of the older slides are shot of different areas around Australia and, and when you're going to go back with your digital camera and try and replicate the shot by basically trying to get in the same spot that you were when you shot the original one, it's just interesting to see the difference, how things have changed. I mean, I've got some shots taken around Byron Bay, around the lighthouse in that area, and just how that piece that juts out in the ocean there, how how the weather has changed at all the years of the waves crashing in, changing the, the shape of it. But again, it's did love that the fact that I had captured it many, many years ago, quite a long time ago, and and had committed those images to to slides. So again, yeah, it's like something I've just been playing with in the last, I suppose, you know, week or so, and getting ready to do this exhibition, like I said, and and I'm looking now at what other things I can actually include in the exhibition. And I started like you know when I started digging around for the slides and that type of stuff, then I actually realized that I had my, I'd kept my, like the, my film kit, camera bag that I used to use for my film. I kept that in a cupboard with basically it's got, and I used to shoot with two bodies, but I left one body's in a in my display case in the office, but the other body I just left in there and, and the lenses that, I typically use, and I think there's a 28 mil, there's a 50 mil, and there's a 135 mil, and there's a teleconverter. There's also a power winder. There's a bunch of filters. There's a heap of different filters. Heaps of other little paraphernalia as well. There's, you know, lens brushes. There's all types of different, you know, there's even a cable. There's a cable, shutter cable release in that kit where basically, you know, if you were doing something like, um, you know, fireworks and you're using bulb mode, you'd be able to just hold the shutter in without really touching the camera. It was just simply a cable attachment that screwed into the top of the shutter hole, had a little prong that would poke down that when you squeeze the button on the end, it would then open the shutter. And like I said, if you had the camera set to bulb mode, the shutter would stay open for whatever period of time you held it, which was the technique I used to use back in the day capturing fireworks. That worked really well. But like I said, all that stuff's in there. So I'm thinking to myself, well, that's going to be, that's really cool that, that all that stuff's all together in the one spot still. And I thought, well, that would make a good part of the exhibition as well to be able to just show I've actually got the camera and the lenses that captured those images still, which is kind of, I suppose, not everyone's going to be in that position. If you've shot stuff such a long time ago, chances are you don't have the equipment that you may have used to actually capture that. But I'm just lucky enough to actually have all the equipment to have the camera bag that I used to carry around around Expo with me with my gear in it, so you know you'd jump on. Typically, typically I think what I used to do was it was easy because there was there was a train station at um, South Brisbane, which was kind of the closest. So you could jump on a train somewhere and get off at South Brisbane, and then just wander in. So you'd have your camera bag over your shoulder, and once you get inside, you know obviously then be choosing different lenses to do different things. And again, used to carry all that kit with me, so I had everything I needed potentially. Yeah, even like I look in there now, and it's still like there's even still a spare battery for the, the built-in light meter that's in the camera. 
So I took a special little photographic battery and I, it was one of those things that it's still in the packaging, so it's, it won't be any good because it's so old. But, you know, it was like that was the type of things you did that you just had, you know, I would have had rolls of film in there. I would have had, um, you know, the spare battery in there because obviously if you got in there and then, you know, you're halfway through the night or halfway through the day, you're in there shooting and the battery goes flat, that then obviously made it difficult to use the camera. So, again, it was just trying to have all those different bits and bobs in there to to um, just protect yourself so you knew that you had everything you needed on the day. So I thought that's really cool that I've actually still got that kit and I thought, well, that'll go really well with the exhibition to be able to display how the images were actually captured. And I thought the other thing I thought, you know, it'd be great to use some other stuff that I've still got that is really defines the analog era. And that's like, I still have a projector. Like I said, that's part of that, that analog era. Also have an enlarger. So the enlarger was something that I used in the dark room for, for a long, long time. It was one of the things that when, you know, when, when I stopped doing dark room work, the enlarger was packed away for, for, for probably, I reckon it had been packed away for nearly 30 years. It hadn't actually been even turned on or done anything. So, you know, I had to kind of grab, I've grabbed that and I've cleaned it all up, pulled it all apart, cleaned everything up. It all works fine. And I think, but again, it's just something which will be great to have maybe at the exhibition just to show, you know, another side of of the analog photography um, history, how, you know, the camera would capture the image on a piece of film and then the film would end up either being like a slide, like a positive transparency, or it'd end up being a negative that would then be put into an enlarger to then expose on photographic paper then to make a print of. So again, it's kind of like the whole package from start to finish. And I think I said, it's just one of those things, I, I suppose I'm lucky to still have those items. Again, like they, like a lot of stuff, you just feel like you're just difficult to throw the stuff away from the past because, you know, at some point stuff becomes, old stuff becomes cool again. And I'm thinking that, you know, just playing around with, you know, looking at the analog stuff I used to do and even like pulling the camera out and looking at the, the bits and pieces like these days for you know, argument's sake if you know if we want to use a trigger to trigger the camera remotely we'll we'll pull our phone out and we'll use an app on our phone which connects to the camera and and triggers triggers a shutter i mean that's and you can be doing that and again sometimes when i do fireworks that's what i'm doing now is is i have the camera set up on a tripod and i'll actually be away from the a little bit away from the camera and i'll have my phone there and i'm using typically i'm using the bulb mode but i'm using the app to trigger it to start the bulb and then the app to turn that mode off so again but it's it the stark differences of having something that a cable that was connecting you to the camera that you pushed and made the camera actually fire and so you could try not to introduce any extra movement into the camera and these days I could be able to do that and, and be standing you know a couple of meters away from the camera and triggering the camera and there's no connection between you and the camera but i think the the great thing about analog photography was you were connected to the camera so like when you were doing stuff like that you were still connected to the camera because you had that tethered cable there that you're using and again it's like that's i suppose some of the stuff that i loved about analog photography was that you were you did have a real connection to what you were shooting especially what you were looking through the 
when you're looking through the viewfinder on the camera and you're looking, you know, looking through the lens and you're seeing what's happening. So you're kind of seeing the scene differently from when you lift your head up and you look at the scene because the lens just isolates a small part of the scene. And, but it was totally different because the, the cameras I was using back then were uh, manual focus. And so, again, sometimes quite tricky to get focus, especially at nighttime sometimes. You just couldn't find something to, you know, definitively sharply focus on, especially like when you're moving around. I mean, if you fix the camera in a fixed location and you're shooting something like the night sky, then you could focus on something far away and then, you know, leave the leave the camera set at that focus point. But again, there was a lot of, I suppose these were the, these were the challenges and some of the skills that were required to make analog images work is that you had to be able to understand the equipment. You had to be able to understand how to use the equipment and you had to understand how to, I suppose, manipulate the equipment to get different results because you didn't have AI and you didn't have you know, Photoshop. You didn't have post manipulation program where you could change, dramatically change things. So you know, a lot of your creativity came from trying different techniques and trying different hacks. Some people were, would come up with these weird and wonderful hacks to use to take photos. And I know myself, I used to muck around with things like, you know, getting a bunch of mirrors, flat mirrors, and placing them over the front of the lens to try and create like a prism type effect. And, you know, you're taking a picture of one object and you've got all these multiple um, reflections of that object on the mirrors and again trying to and it was all done in camera because you know basically that's the only way you could really do it and again but it was interesting to try and I suppose experiment and do things differently and like I said if you have an experiment with analog you know maybe you know something that you might want to just have a bit of a play with you know if, I suppose the easiest introduction to analog photography for someone who wants to who doesn't own any kind of, you know, film gear, is simply go and purchase a disposable camera and start there because at least that way it gives you, you know, everything everything you need is in the one package. You know, the film's in there, you've got the, you know, the camera, the lens, everything's there. Like So basically it's ready to go for you to, to basically find some subjects to shoot and then start shooting. And these days, like I said, most places like where you drop that in to get processed, you'll get back... Sometimes you can get back the negatives, but a lot of times they scan the negatives to digital, so you actually just get the digital, a digital scan of the negatives. Again, it really depends on, on what you want to do because for most people, they're not going to have access to a probably to a, an enlarger and darkroom setup to be able to take that film and print it to photographic paper using the old school process. So you know, most people just you know end up getting the digital file and printing it on an inkjet printer, you know, saying, well, this is this is analog photography, but it's kind of, it's analog, but with a digital twist to it because it's been scanned and then it's been printed digitally, not the way it would have been printed back in the day with uh, with a darkroom setup where basically the, you know, the film was, it was it, the light was shined through the piece of film and that was, that image was then fell onto a piece of photographic paper, which then was exposed and processed and created that image. So again, it's kind of different. But I think, you know, I said I'm I'm grateful for my time that I did. You know, the, I suppose growing up in the era when photography was actually a 
a really popular pastime. Like there was a lot of people, you know, and, and it was, when I say popular, it wasn't like it is today where everyone everyone has access to a phone for their camera, but that there was, you know, there was a band of diehard people who really loved photography and really tried to, I suppose, push photography and do something different with their with their images. And again, it's like I said, it yeah, times have changed. But like I said, it was good just re- revisiting it. I thought so. I thought, well, you know what? It's just something that's recently happened. I thought I'll share this story about that experience for those in Brisbane that are um, want to come along and see the exhibition. It'll be on the twenty third of this month, twenty third of July, and it'll be at Vent Space, South Brisbane. Uh, it should be a really cool experience because even the even the music that's going to be played, there's going to be a DJ there spinning vinyl, so it'll be music will be coming from an analog medium, and I think it's cool. And there's going to be some 16 mil films shown. It'll be good to see some old school analog filmmaking, which is you know a lot of challenges these days. Like I said, video has got a lot of I suppose there's a lot of aids and a lot of advantages and things using the modern digital video camera because you know you can do so much but just to see what people could create and how people had to improvise and how people had to kind of work out problems you know if they had an idea for something how they had to kind of put it make it make it real make it happen so yeah again so I just thought I'd share this story about recent experience maybe something that's got you thinking about going back and looking at if you were involved years and years ago with um with analog photography to go back and revisit some of the stuff that you did or if you're brand new to photography and you've kind of never done it go and explore about you know go and look up about some analog photography look at the process look at how the dark room has stuff how an image gets from the camera to a print and that process and again there's places where you can go and experience that. I know in some cities there's places where there's dark rooms where people can go and have that dark room experience to see how it actually happens so again i think it's worth kind of understanding all forms of photography and like i said and embrace the past and i suppose celebrate the past because the past is what brought us brought us to where we are now so all the things that happened in the past that's what's got us to this particular point in photography so again i think worth celebrating so until next time enjoy photography whether it be digital or analog and have fun see you soon bye